for joining us folks wherever you're listening to this whenever you're listening to this it's the metalist podcast i'm dave i'm jason so today in light of recent events we're going to talk about a band that's near and dear to a lot of people we're going to talk about children of Bodom. rest in peace alexi leho wow where do we even begin man do we what was your first exposure to children of Bodom? <laughs> i was just about to say the same place we always begin right yeah my first exposure was i Pretty sure is one of my is either my guitar player, the guitar player for Difficult Henry or the singer for Difficult Henry, one of the two. When I joined the band, we were like, you know, new friends and stuff. Just, well, not new friends. I mean, we known each other for a while, but like, you know, now some we're hanging out. It's like, oh, what CDs do you have? What CDs do you have? And I think I. So this is probably two thousand two or two thousand three, somewhere around there. I know that uh, Hate Crew Death Roll was out. That was the newest album at the time. And I think it had just barely come out. So probably 2003. And I, I, I mean, I borrowed all of them. So, I mean, that was the fourth one. Yeah, yeah it looks like fourth and one. 2003, like you said, yeah. Yeah, so, you know what I mean? I listened to it. It's just the only problem was, was I also, I was also discovering In Flames and Soil Work and Opeth. I mean, I was... I mean, I had access to stuff I'd heard, but I'd never, I hadn't heard all of it. Like I had like all of the Emperor albums are right there. You know, I was just introduced to Dimu Borgir. I was just introduced for the most part. I was introduced to Cradle of Filth. So the problem was, was all of this stuff happened at the same time. And these guys always took a back seat. I don't know why. I think there's some because there's a, there's a big power metal vibe with these guys. For sure. I mean, on the spectrum of melodic death metal to power metal, these guys are more towards the power metal edge. I kind of like them on a Mars pretty close to that. I mean, they're right in that line too. They're kind of farther on that spectrum. Um, where something like Black Dog Murder, like fucking, you know, forget about it. Re- Revocation is more towards the death metal edge. Um, these guys are more towards the power metal edge. And, and I mean, that's just the way it goes. There was some kind of a thing that always, I always kind of disliked. And it was a lot of times the solos, the solo guitar tone got mixed in with the keyboard tone quite a bit. It was hard to differentiate at parts. So you're like, well, wait a minute. Is that the keyboard player? Is that the guitar? Um, regardless, I mean, they're awesome. But the next thing I remember was uh, we played a bunch of shows with, the, with this, these kids. I mean, they're kids. The, I think the oldest one was like 16 at the time, maybe 17. There's a band in here in San Diego called Damn Cyan. So shout out to those dudes. Oh, wow. Korea. David Correa was a Correa. Korea. He was the keyboard player, I think. Yeah. Still around. I don't know if any of the other dudes are still around, but like, we played a bunch of shows with those guys. And I mean, I remember their keyboard player, instead of playing the keyboard straight up and down. Yeah, he played he it would, sideways or whatever. You know, he would have it tilted forward well, so you could see yeah. his hands. Yeah. And everybody would say like, oh, you're, you know, they're trying to be children of them, And it, because I guess that's how their keyboard player. But yeah, why not? So I can see your hands. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if you're playing this crazy shit, you should show people. 
You know, like, why not? So they had him, like, at the front of the stage with everybody else. They had his shit tilted forward so you could see his hands and you could see the keys. It was cool as fuck. I fucking loved it. So I've always liked the band, but I never really fully, you know, I wasn't uh, a fucking children of Bodom Head, you know, like, not to that degree. And then somewhere, well, I I know exactly where it was. I mean, as soon as Are You Dead Yet came out, you know, and I heard the album, I wasn't too hip on it. And then I saw an interview with Leho, and it just kind of turned me off this whole thing. So. I kind of just stopped listening to him until I heard an episode of Debate and Destroy, which I don't know where the fuck those dudes are, but, you know, hey, Blackout Bill, uh, if you're around and you're listening to this, man, hit me up. I'm curious what the fuck happened to you guys. But they did a, uh, like a tournament. I can't remember if it was last year. It was 2019. They did a little tournament. So it was new Bodum, new Soilwork, new Amana Marth, and new In Flames. All of them had albums out that year. And uh, Hext actually won the whole tournament in the Debate and Destroy. So, I mean, at that point, I'm like, okay, I got to hear this album. And I mean, it's, it's really fucking good. Where did you first hear Children of Bodom? I'm still rattling my brain after you said Damn Cyan. I haven't heard that name in almost 15 <laughs> years. My, my old band played with them in 2007. They were cool, man. Yeah. They were fucking cool. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so this is that kind of murky area, whereas I'm usually, I, I not usually, but a lot of times I have a very definitive starting point for my relationship with some bands. This is just kind of one of those ones that was in the peripheral, and you can't like pinpoint the exact moment, but you just know there was a specific time, and it was around when kind of what you were saying, that whole wave of European bands, all the melodic death metal bands from Scandinavia, all the, forget Scandinavia, all the you know black metal or black metal related bands from well okay i guess scandinavia too because of the newborn gear yeah but i was also <laughs> thinking of like you said like cradle of filth in in england and all that and even then Just europe in general european yeah. metal was now all of a sudden accessible to everybody here yeah you know before they were all reissued for american audiences on what were then their current labels and all the talks about having to get certain things on import you know the first uh, I think it's In Flames album and EP you couldn't get for the longest time here unless it was on import, stuff like that. I mean, for sure, the first three At The Gates albums. But yeah, this was just one of those bands that was just kind of always there. And because they came from so many different places, it, on paper, this I should like this a lot more because it takes from so many different things. And it's an amalgamation of things. But I think that might actually be what I don't like about it is that it is that it it is a mix of things. And like, sometimes it's more one or the other. It's not very consistent. Like sometimes it'll be way more thrashy or way more black metal or way more. They start off super, super neoclassical. And I, I was thinking about this as I was listening to this band. If you think about what Europe was in the first half of maybe the late nineties too, but definitely like the first half of the, the aughts, the two thousands, this might be the most definitively like European band at a time, you know what I mean? In terms of the melodic death metal edge, the black metal edge, the power metal edge. Like, oh, yeah, like dude, yeah. It's all the most European things at the time about that. Now that doesn't really mean the same thing as it did at the time, but at that time, dude, definitively. And like, I always, it sounds like I was thinking you were going to be way more of a fan than I am. And to tell the truth, you still sound like that because like, I still, even back then, I couldn't really, I was like, I respect what they're doing and I think they're good at it and I give it its props, but like I never connected with it or like really liked it. And now after having listened to all 10 albums, 
leading up to this, I'm still in that same position and I'm actually like, I'm way more affirmed in that, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, like I can definitely say that now. Every once in a like, while. This isn't your shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I respect the hell out of the musicianship. Right, right. Like sure. their place in heavy music. Like, like the people that love this band fucking love this band, dude. Like they go ham for them. This is their band, oh, yeah. probably because of that mix of influences, you know? At times though, and it's funny, I I A B'd this with like older in flames and other stuff that was coming out at the time that's going what is so different about this comparatively? Cause there are for all the similarities, there are also a lot of differences, like kind of what you were talking about with the keyboards. Like, yeah, they get very overpowering at times. Like they did not, they were not shy about their keyboard player, man. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of those bands where there's like, you know, well, we really got to try and work it in and we don't want it to be too upfront. These guys were like, fuck that. This guy's awesome. I mean, he's right fucking there, dude. Like, yeah, especially because it is different than some of the black metal stuff. It's different in the sense that he's not just playing background shit a lot of the time. Right. And not saying all black metal is, but like a lot of times they do have, you know, the, the keyboard player is kind of in the background. Right. You know, I mean, he just, he just is. So it's, this i don't i mean this guy fucking rarely is he just kind of like holding down like a root note yeah you know he never I mean? puts He's, it in cruise control no I, well i mean and it's it's just not it's just not that kind of band right the the way they have their riffs set up and the way that they're doing their thing it just it lends itself to their keyboard player doing a lot yeah like like uh not doing a lot like is is doing too much he's just busy yes you know what I mean? And a lot of times the reason he's busy is because he's sitting there backing the fucking guitar. Yeah. Like on almost, I mean, it's crazy, dude. Like the dude's stupid fucking good, man. You know, and then, you know, fuck. I mean, Leho is like, you know, so, I mean, I'll just go ahead and say like whatever it was that I fucking sob. It was right around the time that fucking Dimebag died. Mm, right. And you had certain bands you know, I mean, you had bands like fuck, like like Throwdown, dude, came out with fuck. What was it, Vendetta? And they, I mean, they sounded just like Pantera. Well, it was the, Vendetta's my favorite. It was well. So what it was was 2003. They were kind of going like even more dumbed down hatebreed, which I loved. They were like the West right, Coast hatebreed, tough guy, hardcore. Thing. Yeah. Then in 2005, it was Vendetta, where it was half of that. It was like the halfway point between that and Pantera, which is my favorite. That's. I think that was their own sound and they were awesome at it. And then it was 2007. They went and did uh, venom and tears, which was full Pantera. See, and I've which, never heard that. So the one I heard was vendetta, but I mean, I'm also talking like there was bands like a uh, bath bucket, a perfect murder. Yeah. That's you another know, they one. They were right around there, full fucking Pantera. Yeah. God had just come out with redneck that mm -hmm. just sounded just like Pantera. And, and all of a sudden Leho's in the fucking interviews talk. And he, I mean, he wasn't before. But all of a sudden, he's in these interviews talking about, like, you know, I want to bring, you know, I want to make, you know, metal fucking dangerous again. And fucking, I want, I want, and the, the big thing he focused on was he was like sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And he had this huge thing about he wanted to fucking trash hotel rooms. Yeah. Like, I, that was they, a big thing for him, right? And I mean, yeah. I was just like, I, you know, and I'm reading this thing. And I mean, I may have been taking music a little too seriously at the time. I don't know. But I read the thing and I was like, dude, fuck this guy. I, you know, that like, would and, deter and me was, as well, yeah. It, it was just like, you know, fuck whatever. Like, I don't fucking care. But then, are you dead yet? You know, like, I heard the album, 
And it was like, well, now you're not even backing it up with your music. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, like that was to me. The, and I still, I mean, I just listened to it a little while ago. I still think that album was kind of like their Cold Lake of just, it was their clam. It was their, you know, we're really going to go for the fucking big time right now because hate crew death roll. If you talk to most people, like that's the fucking peak of children about them. That's the impression I get. But also like if that's say master of puppets or injustice for all, I could still call, are you dead yet? Like black album, right? Where that's the one that seems like right. got that's the, the one that, that's the one where they were like really trying to reach for that extra audience member. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I mean, honestly, because it didn't work for me, I really, and they didn't blow up, as far as I know, I don't know if it worked or not. It seems like they, what it was is like, they kind of maintained, they got to a certain point and they kind of maintained. I, I've never seen them live. The one time, have you ever seen them live? No, I've never seen them. So the one time I went to a show of theirs, it was me and Alex went and saw, it was, um, we spent the whole day in Hollywood. We got to hang out and meet Devin Townsend, which was awesome. But so this is an interesting lineup. It's Septic Flesh first, right? Obscura, Devin Townsend, and his brand new records come out either it was that week or the week after. So this was like a whole thing for him. And then Children of Bodom headlining. And like Septic Flesh is fun. You know, it's theatrical, epic death metal, Obscura. It's literally just, okay, here's the song. All right, here's the next song. You know, nothing like showy about it except for their musicianship. And then Devin Townsend yeah. coming on, the children of Bodom crowd. And maybe it's just because it was House of Blues Hollywood. And I've always had mixed feelings about the audience at that venue because they were kind of like the worst stereotypes people think of like metalheads being shitty in like movies or whatever. That was actually like that crowd at that venue specifically. None of the other Hollywood venues I ever went to. But the children of Bodom audience was not having Devin Townsend or his antics. So as soon as Devin Townsend was done, we were like, fuck these people. And we left, dude. So I don't know if that was a Bodum thing specifically, or if it was just, again, that venue or a combination of the two. But like, I didn't even, we didn't stick around to even give it a, a shot, you know? Well, you can get to a point, man, where like the styles of music are so different that it's not going to work. Like if you like children of Bodum, like you love that shit. I can't imagine you're going to be that into what Devin Townsend's doing. Yeah, I mean, on it paper, mean you hate it. It yeah. just means like that's not your shit. Yeah, on paper, like there's got to be some crossover with just the sheer metal aspect of it. But because Children of Bodom, like you said, I think it's like they were the ones of the whole European scene that wanted to bring that Motley Crew, ironically enough, Sunset Strip attitude with the sex, drugs, rock and roll thing. And Devin Townsend was just clowning. Like that's what he does. He laughs right. at people that mosh until they get embarrassed and they leave at his shows. And I love it. Like that's his vibe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but here's the thing. What I was trying to say, not necessarily that stuff. What I was saying is musically, Children of Bodom is such a specific thing. That's true. Like, it's hyper specific. Even within the fucking melodic death metal realm, it's very, very specific. Yeah, it's like... It's, it's kind of hard to like. If, if I mean, if you're like on the edge, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to get over that edge. Right, right. You know what I mean? It's almost one of those things. It's like you love it the first time you fucking hear it, and you're like, "Fuck yeah!" Or you're just you're just forever like either. Eh, I mean, it's all right, or you just flat out fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah, you know what I, I mean? Because like yeah. it's so. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think it's polarizing kind of music. I don't. I, I mean, I would almost say power metal is more like that. 
where power metal is more like you either love it or hate it. Yes. Now, I, obviously, we're speaking majorities here. We're, you know, there's plenty of people that love all of it. Yeah. You know, like that's fine. I'm just saying, like, on you know, for the most part, man. But like, here's one thing: is it trips me out because I mean, I kind of, like I said, I kind of forgot about this band. I didn't forget about him. I just didn't pay attention to him. I can, but one thing I did completely forget: I completely forgot, dude. That this stuff, dude. Their first album was in '97. Yeah, that trip, I, and I definitely never heard it before. When I was doing the research for this, I was like, huh, I somehow missed this one completely. Like, I've heard every album in theirs easily. I, so, well, okay, the old ones. Because um, after Are You Dead Yet, I didn't hear another one until 2019. Mm, okay. Just to give you a, <laughs> a range. But yeah. But what I noticed when I came back and listened to the three newest ones, right? What I know is Halo Blood kind of sounds like shit. Trying I don't to think it sounds very good. Which one? The drums is. are real muffled. Um, but dude, I worship Chaos in 2015 and Hexed in 2019. Specifically Hexed, but both of those, dude, they sound really fucking good. The guitars are a little bit beefier. There's well, more of a there's more of a distinction between the lead guitar sound and the keyboard. And so it's like it really it's weird. It mixes really well, but it's because um, it still sounds like Children of Bodom. Oh yeah, Man, those first four albums. I think one thing that I lo- like, one thing that I, you know, I that kind of turned me off is also one thing I really liked, and that's the fact that the keyboard sounds. It mixes so well with the guitar. It's like you don't know if what's who's doing what in parts. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. It, it's it's like bleeding through, dude. The thing I fucking love about him is the thing I hate about him. The fucking keyboards. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like the way the keyboard sounds, but I'd love that they have a keyboard player because if they didn't, they'd just be like every other fucking Orange County hardcore band ever. Yeah, a little bit. Because you know, <laughs> they don't really do anything different. The only thing that's making them different is that fucking keyboard, right? So right. that's how this is. Like, but somehow when I listen to these newer ones, man, I don't know. I don't know. Dude, I, I you know, and I mean, some of it did the fucking riffs, man. Fucking Leho is, he, I mean, fuck. And he's definitely got a fucking penthouse suite in Rift City, dude. I can, like, <laughs> for fucking sure, dude. Yeah. You know? And he's got a fucking skyscraper in fucking Shredville. Because, like, fuck. The, the guy kicks total ass, dude. Oh, yeah, no, that can't be understated enough. Everybody was really good at what they did in that band, but obviously he was front and center for a reason, right? So God, he's fucking good, dude. Like, I mean, the vocals, eh, take it or leave it. But, I mean, they're not anything. They're not bad. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah they're not bad. I, I always wondered where his vocal style came from, and apparently he says it's Phil and Salmo and Millie from um, Creator. To which I'm like, well, you, okay, you could definitely hear the mill. Yeah, mill, there's dude, like for sure way more one than the other in that equation. But okay, well, yeah. because he doesn't ever he 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 doesn't full um he doesn't full wah, like a lot of scratch. So he does he does a lot of the uh you know he has a lot of tone in his scream slash yell. Mm-hmm. He's not a very uh he's not a very scratchy singer, which reminds me of Miller because. He had scratch, but more than like the regular thrash dudes like Hetfield and fucking Tom Mariah. Yeah, for sure. Miller was like a step up from that. This dude 
isn't like Anders back in the day. He's not like Speed when he Speed screams. He's not like uh, Dark Tranquility, uh, Michael Stan. Mm-hmm. He's not like those dudes. He doesn't really scream like that. It's more of a fucking yell like Creator. And it, I think that's what kind of, that that's the other part that kind of brings it back to we're leaning a little more to the power metal side. These guys are like the heaviest power metal band ever. I can see that. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's nuts, dude. Like, I mean, you go through their fucking albums. You're just like, Jesus Christ. I mean, okay. For one, can we just talk about this? They have some of the best fucking covers ever. Very thematic. I, I always thought, you know, when I was younger, like, is it just the same cover and each one, each album has a different color. And obviously you look at it and you know, there's differences between them. Um, oh you mean album covers yeah what are you talking about oh like cover songs i love their album covers except are you dead yet which is just like a fucking just stupid version of the fucking reaper like i love that they have the reaper theme Mm -hmm. but that one it's just like man put a better picture on that shit yeah like no the cover songs no okay i'm with you because guess what this can't be on the list for rules right but my favorite thing they've done is their cover of uh i think it was rebel yell dude rebel yell is fucking amazing they do a sick cover talk dirty to me yeah the other one too is dude they cover mass hypnosis by i was just gonna say dude because i really that whole first album i don't like at all and then i finally get to the end and i'm like oh wait i kind of like this one but it sounds kind of familiar and then i realized yeah hellion by lost or by wasp aces high is a sick fuck like that that's one of my favorite things of theirs and dude one of another favorite of mine hell's for children by fucking pat benatar like, are you shitting me to do a Pat Benatar cover? But yeah. it's everything from CCR to fucking Kenny Rogers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I like you that. Know, it's, I, it's it's crazy, dude. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? The, they just, I mean, they just do, the, the obviously, the Britney Spears cover. You know, they, they just had a lot of fun with what they were doing. Right, yeah. You know, and they weren't scared to fucking try different shit. But here's the thing. Every time they tried different shit, it always sounded like them. For they, sure, yeah. Again, they had such a specific... I mean, you want to talk about people that say like, you know, hey, if you're, if you're looking to start like a, like a fucking business or you want to fucking get like a nice social media following, right? You need to know who you're talking to. And the more specific you can get, the better. Because now you know what your fucking message is going to be, right? It's, it's all about specificity. You want to be as specific as possible for our metal, for our fucking podcast. We want fucking metalheads. We want people who like lists, right? Mm-hmm. We want people who want to listen to people talk. They like to talk about metal, not just listen to it, right? You know, and then you get even further. It's like, you know, you now, well, who, you know, what age group listens to podcasts? What age group doesn't? You know, like you want to get as specific as possible so that when you're putting out your info, you're speaking as directed as possible. These guys know exactly where their bread is buttered, dude. Yeah, for sure. It's it's almost like typo negative. No matter what typo negative did, they always sounded like typo negative. Yeah. No matter what. That's how these guys are. No matter what, they always sound like children of Bodom. And I fucking love that because, dude, there's a lot of bands that try to do too many things. Um now. There are some bands that could do anything, but there's a lot of bands that can't. Right. And it just gets fucking weird when they try new shit, when a different shit, because they kind of, they, they stray from their sound too much. And, and now all of a sudden it's, it's not, it doesn't sound like that same band anymore where these guys fuck like everything, dude, just sounds like them too, like so much, dude. It's fucking crazy. 
Yeah, I. It's funny you say that because like certain times during the listening to their albums, I'd just be like, "Didn't I just hear this song?" You know what I mean? Like <laughs> a lot of that. And I was trying to think of who else I reminded me of that we've done in the past. I think it was um. Oh, not even Hammerfall was, was like that for me. Even, a lot of times, Black Dahlia Murders like that. True, but it, I was thinking even more so like when Volbeat really just did Volbeat, different versions dude, of um, that one song, you know? So To some degree, fucking the Acacia Strain, if, you know, unless I'm really going to sit and listen to them all day, you know, like aside from like their bigger songs, like when you hear some of those other songs, man, like they a lot of those get to say, start sound the same to me mm-hmm. because it's a very specific sound. Right, yeah. You know, like that's the thing. So it's like, well if there's not anything there that's going to really, I hate using the term hook, but it is a hook. And I mean, if it's not going to hook you and make you remember that specific fucking song, it's kind of difficult with almost any band, you know, one thing I really dislike about this band. So you can't, okay. You can't just look at the fucking title, the track titles, dude. And like, get an idea what this band is. Okay. Because to me, that's where the majority of the cheesiness lies mm, is right. in these fucking song titles like Pussyfoot Miss Suicide. Yeah, yeah, that one caught my eye. Or even sure. something like Round Trip to Hell and Back. Like, that's a stupid fucking name, dude. Round Trip to Hell. Like, Trip to Hell and Back, sure. Round Trip to Hell and Back. Okay, you already said that because you said Round Trip. Yeah, that's dangerously close to the uh, darkness on their second album. <laughs> yeah. For anybody that even, you know, remembers that one. So, I mean, that's the thing. Like, their 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 first album is like, kind of cool. Like, Dead Night Warrior, In the Shadows. I mean, Red Light in My Eyes, depending on what you feel about Red Light, for some people that means a district, and that's always a certain thing, right? But mm-hmm. they have a song called Lake Bodum, which is you know, where they got their name. It's like one of the, it's like Unsolved Murder. But like, okay, so have you ever seen, you, you're, you're a bit younger, but man, like there was this TV show with the dude from Little House on the Prairie called Touched by an Angel. Oh, no, I remember that, yeah. Okay, Touched Like Angel of Death. Interesting. But, but it's not touched, it's Touched Like Angel of Death. So you have Angel of Death there, you have Touched Like an Angel. It's, dude, but you also have Lake Bodum and then Children of Bodum. Yeah, they really like to use that Bodum theme a lot. Well, because I, I, I was gathering. So, and so they ended up redoing Children of Bodum on the next album. But the thing is, like, a lot of that, a lot of that's, you know, I mean, probably, you know, they're trying to introduce themselves, you know, a little bit. But they saw the song Hey Breeder, which is different than Hey Breeders, which is different than Hey Breed. Mm-hmm. But, like, Silent Night, Bodum Night. I mean, that's classic yeah. fucking 80s horrors, 80s slasher flick, right? I mean, right. totally doable in this realm. But, I mean, it's cool shit. Better Razors, Black Widow, Wrath Within, Towards Dead End. Like, that's normal shit. Warheart, right? Follow the Reaper. Bodum After Midnight is a little bit weird. It's like, okay, so are we going to... Uh, we going fucking some Red Shoe Diaries here, man? Yeah. Like, what's going on? But, I mean, for the most part, it's kind of normal shit, man. But, dude, then you start getting into fucking Bodum Beach Terror. Why don't I remember that one? Dude, Chokehold, Cocked and Loaded. Bodum Beach Terror reminds me of, like, a fucking, like, a, fl- a slasher uh, a slasher flick name. Yeah, yeah. You know Surf I mean? Nazis Must Die. Yeah, dude, yeah it's yeah. kind of a fun one. But, like... Lil Blo- Lil Bro- Blood Red Riding Hood. That got like, my eye. That's yeah. fucking whack, dude. But hey, Crew yeah. Death Roll sounds cool, right? Eh, debatably. <laughs> Punch me, I bleed. That yeah, that one caught my eye for sure. You know, bastards of Bodum. Like, I mean, they have a lot of fucking like song titles that you're just like, what the fuck, dude? Smile yeah. pretty for the devil. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm you know, that. band band from heaven. 
it's just there's just a lot of stupid shit but again i i think to some degree a lot of that's just them having fun yeah you know no, for sure yeah. there's bodum blue moon the second coming the the bodum names are kind of fun my bodum i am the only one Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, substitute word with Bodum. Yeah, but then shit like Mistress of Temp. Dude, that would have been cool if they would have done like a whole album of like, you know, shit like Bodum of. Are you there, God? It's me, Bodum. <laughs> Angel of Bodum. Yeah. You know, like fucking just, just re- <laughs> the Bodum remains the same. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Bodum Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, dude. Fucking shit. Like they, they should have done a whole album like that. Yeah, yeah like Bodum. Mistress of Taboo. Like what the fuck, dude? Yeah, it's it's strange, but I mean, it's something that they've always done. And like I said, I mean, you can't kick in a spleen. Like that was another one off the newest one. I was like, kick in a spleen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's more about like a lot of what they do is tongue in cheek. It's a lot of fun stuff, you know. I mean, and that's probably a lot of the fucking hair metal style. They do have a lot of hair metal in them, mm-hmm. you know. They just kind of always have. So, I, I, I mean, I, I always enjoyed that. But you know, Alexi, R.I.P.D. Man, like, I mean, dude was pretty troubled. I'm assuming it was drugs and alcohol. Apparently, uh, it was a pretty long-standing thing. I was looking up; he had medical issues dating back to at least right. 2012, where he had to cancel dates and whatnot. So that it's sad. Uh, Gene Hoagland actually talked the other day about like meeting up with him to hang out, and he could tell something was wrong within a year or so or whatever so it's sad i i didn't know this he lived in australia in his in his final years like that's interesting so uh, yeah that's got to be a different world completely from finland but uh yeah, yeah, i'm gonna give a little, little fucking quick shout out to the only other member of the band that i know i mean they're all fucking great dude but root if there was a guy that that's great for like just playing alongside alexi for quite a while um i can't remember when he left yeah, let's see. Maybe you could look that up for me. But I yeah. mean, he, you know, because he's the one that does the, uh, I don't know if you listen to Monomarth much, but in Twilight and the Thunder God, dude, the fucking guitar solo in there, that's clearly not anybody from a Monomarth. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, I may not know who the guitar player is, but I definitely know it's not anybody from a Monomarth. Yeah. Apparently, that solo kicks ass, dude. And that's fuck, that's root. Yeah, apparently he was with them from 2003 to 2015. So, uh, good chunk right of time. On, yeah. the reason, prime yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he was just... It's just one of those things where it's like... It's like the dude from Mopet that played with them forever. It's just like a perfect fit. Yeah, for you know, sure. It, it, it worked so fucking good for you know a long time, man. He was fucking awesome. The drums always sound fucking great. The bass is like whatever. You know, like a lot of yeah. fucking metal. It's not yeah. a big deal. It's... But, I mean... You got to think. I mean, if he's back in that guitar, awesome bass player. Yeah, exactly. There's something to be said for that in that realm. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's, it. you know, yeah, that's, that's a big thing for metal. Not all metals created equal in that regard. So yeah, yeah. There's a point where like some of those dudes, they're, you know, they're not just running on a root note. I mean, they are backing that guitar player, like, you know, John Campbell from fucking Lamb of God. It's, you know, and you're like, okay, wait, I mean, at some point you got to realize like, yeah, what they're doing is pretty fucking difficult. Yeah, for sure. You know, they, especially they, when you're competing with that many different instruments. For yeah, a they deserve. Space. You know, a lot of those guys deserve some recognition, even if you can't fucking tell they're there. And I do believe we're getting better about that. But you know, yeah, whatever. For sure. Um, let's see. I have much more to say about. It. I mean, I, I I don't think these guys really like fell off of anything. No, for sure. They had you know, a diehard audience. I, just, I don't think they got to where they probably wanted to go. 
probably at Is least here probably say? yeah I, I mean I, I and I only say that because I think like um I think because of that grab on are you dead yet I don't know if that really got them where they wanted to go Mm-hmm. I think I was still checking out publications enough to where if that would have taken them where I think they were trying to get to, I think I would have seen something about that. I would have noticed a little bit more. Yeah. And I just didn't really see that. I, I, I feel like they kind of just stayed where they were at. That was the impression I got maybe, more than anything else. You know, and maybe that's, you know, that's fine. And I mean, you know, just recently they broke up and then there was going to be the fucking, what are they going to change their name to? Bodum After Midnight. After Midnight, yeah. Yeah, so they named themselves after one of the songs. They're going to be doing, you know, like a fucking, uh, maybe they're going to do like a fucking X-rated Two Life Crew style <laughs> children of Bodum Band. There you go. <laughs> well, so before he passed away, they did have songs in the can and they're going to be released posthumously. I don't know right. if it's a full album, but they, they have stuff that is apparently coming out. So, yeah, man, when you think about it, dude, like, so when did, he was, it was last year, right? They just didn't announce it right off the bat. Was that the uh, one? No, yeah. Doom. Oh, well that too. But yeah, but no, he, apparently the announcement was this year. Yeah. It was like the first Monday of the year, but yeah. it happened before that. Yeah. Because I was going to say, man, 2020 took. Him and Eddie Van Halen. So you had an old guitar hero and a new, like a younger, a newer guitar hero. And the same year, you had Neil Peart, an old drum hero, and Sean Reiner, a new drum hero. Yeah. And Sean Malone from Cynic as well. Fucking rough. I just thought it was weird that there was the old and the new. Yeah, that's that's an interesting contrast. This is fucking pretty rough, man. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I only have like one honorable mention, and it is the title track to Hate Crew Death Roll. That would easily be my number six. Okay. And I do like a lot of their songs, so that's why I'm not going to give a whole ton of honorable mentions. I like a lot of their songs. They're, and I'm a guitar guy. Like, I, I play guitar. I love guitar. I have riffs in my head all the time. If you're good on your guitar, you know, I'll listen to you. Even if I don't like your shit. I mean, even like Protest the Hero or, you know, fucking we'll get their dream theater. But yeah, I mean, dude, if you're fucking awesome on the guitar, I'm going to listen to it. And that's all there's to it. Now, they do have a lot of songs where like the songs are really good. I don't know a lot of their lyrics. I don't really care. And I'll, for the most part, I don't want to know most of them. It's, you know, I don't need to. I don't need that. But man, when it comes to fucking shredding, dude, like these guys are fucking. And I mean, fast. Like, yeah. that's the other thing. I like, I like their pace, dude. It's not ridiculously fast you know but i mean it's moving like mm-hmm. the majority of their songs so yeah there's a pace that i associate with them for the most part you know what i mean so yeah dude it's it's awesome like it's a cool place to be man yeah for sure so it's funny you mentioned that i on the opposite of that i actually struggled to come up with five <laughs> you know what i mean like i just really so so much of it some of it was like that's finally your turn. Yeah, some of it was teetering, and I and I was, but it just never got there for the most part. So at least I was able to come up with five, and I did have one honorable mention, and that's Hate Breeder off the album nice. of the same name. Pretty much just for the little noodly bits at the beginning, because I don't really like where it goes after that. But like, there's you know something undeniable about that guitar style around that time. You know, it's like a perfect example of it, right? that got so big so quick after that that it was i don't know that we fully went in on like melodic Dude, death metal. A booker man like that shit's moving fast yeah yeah i know for sure but like you know melodic death metal as a whole it'd be interesting to do like a whole thing on 
But like, you know, that little corner of it right there, they, they encapsulated that guitar style, that vibe. Oh yeah. Like the, you know, in a way that influence influence inflames moved away from very quickly. I feel like children at Bodom held down that vibe pretty good for again, up, like you said, pretty much up until Are You Dead Yet or whatever. Well, yeah, when all those other guys were trying to get away from that sound, I mean, these guys just went, fuck it. We're, we're just going to double down on it. Yeah. But they, I mean, they were quite a bit different. So it made sense for them to double down on it. I, I, think, I think they also weren't, for lack of a better term, ashamed mm-hmm. of having a, a, you know, certain sounds in their stuff. Where I think some of those bands for... I mean, we'll get into it with an In Flames episode, but it's like, fuck, man. Like, what were you scared of? Yeah, yeah, I feel that for you know, sure. That, I mean, that, that you know, quote unquote, that band was barely a fucking band anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck were you? I don't know, man. It's really weird, but bands, are, yeah. they do their thing. Yeah, they're fickle beasts, just like everything else. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there soon enough. Um, I guess on that note, Jason, what's your number five? My number five is Prayer for the Afflicted off of I Worship Chaos. This is one of the 2015 songs, but it starts off with that keyboard. Oh, no, 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 no. Which reminds me of, um, it reminds me of this riff by fucking the Four Horsemen called Rockin' Is My Business. <laughs> Great name that's for both the, the songs. Down, 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 But that's yeah. what it reminds me of. But like, that was the thing. Like when I heard the, when I finally listened to the two newest albums, I mean, it was like, fuck, like, yeah, like, I, I guess more so than like, are you dead yet? Like the, the, the guitar sounds better. Now, don't get me wrong. The guitar back in the day, I mean, even the 97 album, the fucking guitar sounds killer, dude. And I don't know if these are remastered or whatever, but I mean, yeah, me neither. Yeah. You know, but then the guitar comes in, it's kind of backing it with them fucking low chords or whatever. The other thing they like is it's slow. It's a slower song. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got nice keys on it, and I really like how he's how he's doing his vocals on this shit. Yeah, you know, and then the guitar is back in that bow now 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 like it's so fucking cool, dude. Like again, like fuck, almost all of their songs they're like Iron Maiden in a way where you have their songs rarely stay the same way through the whole thing. Yeah, you know, for sure. I mean, you really have to give them, you know, like if if you're I mean, this one's almost like it's almost like a power ballad for these guys because it is that slow. I was gonna say if you're if you're checking this out, band out for like you know like the first time or whatever, a lot of these songs, man, like give it give it some time. Yeah, for you sure. Know? I mean, because you also got to think too, like a lot of times, man, those solos ain't till deep in the song, and you're gonna want to hear the solos, man, the mm-hmm. keyboard ones and the guitar ones because it's not just Leho. Roop is a fucking killer lead guitar player as well. And their fucking keyboard is an excellent lead fucking uh, artist as well. So, yeah, you're going to want to give it time. But, man, Prayer for the Afflicted. Now, this one was one that really caught me off guard. I hadn't heard. I'd heard some stuff off of Hex because I had listened to it before. I hadn't heard this album until we decided we were going to do this out, this uh, episode. Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting there playing my hockey game, fucking listening to this album. Got to track five and was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, this is fucking cool shit. And a lot of it's because it is slow, because they don't have a whole ton of slow stuff. I mean, it's not like they play fucking Mach 2 the whole time, but they don't have a whole lot of stuff that's slow. So it's nice, man. Super melodic. All this shit is, but um, what's your number five? So my number five, not too dissimilarly, 
like we said, they have a pace that they're very associated with. So even when they stray from that slightly, even if it's just just a little bit, because I'm comparing this to the song that I just mentioned, Hate Breeder, I'm going with my number five, Silent Night, Bodum Night. Just before that, there's something, nice. Uh, you know, like that's just taking it that, that half step back, not even, you know, it's literally just you're not doing it as rapid pace as the other one, right? And there's something right. about that pace I, I like the way that works. It, if, you know... I like it a lot more throughout than where than where Hate Breeder eventually goes. You know what I mean? It's about consistency with me. That's why that one stuck out to me a little more than Hate Breeder. I um I you know the thing. Yeah. It's like machine gun shit. Yes, exactly. Right. So there's a different vibe. I think you, we you have know. a friend that calls them typewriter drums. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which, no typewriter drums. Sorry, buddy, but that's like some of my favorite shit. Yep, yep. But yeah, it's it's interesting to me because like after I again I did not care for the first album that much, so this was a big step up to me. Um, and it's funny because it goes very up and down, as I'm sure we'll get to throughout. I, I was like a bound down to down down to. It's almost like pinball map. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, true. I didn't think of that. Again, there's so many parallels that can but be there's, drawn. Uh, there's so many fucking little, like little licks in here in between shit. And listen to this shit. It's, it's, fuck. I, I love this song. And like I said, I even dig the name. Just skills. what, Silent Night, Deadly Night? Is that the name of the fucking old 80s flick? Yeah, Silent I, I. Violent Night or something like that? It's Silent Night, Deadly Night. And I have to watch the second one one day because apparently it's <laughs> hilarious. Everybody oh, yeah, knows. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I, I, have you ever gone on Shutter before? No, I haven't. So it's a it's an all horror streaming service, and when you click on Silent Night, Deadly Night two for the, instead of like a synopsis for the description or whatever, it just says two words: garbage day. And if you know that part, like that's all that matters for watching that movie. I've seen that clip a million times just because of how ridiculous it is, but I will still watch the movie one of these days. So, having said that, and talking about garbage day, what is your number four? Oh, dude, the intro on this one, Triple Corpse Hammer Blow. I mean, it's, you know, keyboard, yeah. this little arpeggio thing. But then you have this fucking, and it kind of like repeats that as it builds. And all of a sudden, comes in, dude. It's just a fucking. Like they're really fast. Like, oh, dude, it's fucking cool. I don't think there's anything like this in the '80s. I guess I mean, the thing that reminds me of it is when it's building up, the drums are. It's kind of like he's bouncing his hand on the fucking whammy bar, so it's like a wah 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 kind of vibe to it, man. Like, and I think that kind of reminds me of like an '80s thing or something. You know what I mean? I could see that. Yeah. But the, but it's all double picking city like fuck dude it's so good yeah yeah okay let's just get this straight double picking city i mean these guys are on that city council right i mean it, there's a chair for them very dude, definitely they're, and they're like least. close to the mayor i mean i don't know if they're the total mayor but i mean they've got to be fucking close to mayor's cabinet at the very least absolutely dude like i mean it, special aid yeah, I, fuck. They do so much of it, dude. But it's got the fucking bow, 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 b
dramatic without being really dramatic because i don't know what it is but it still has this weird like fun 80s vibe to it right yeah doesn't have the dramaticness of it doesn't have that black metal sinister drama to Mm -hmm. it but i mean it's almost the same shit that's what I'm saying. Is it the is it the the, the fucking key they're in or something? Because it's Possibly. not like they're playing happy shit. No, it, that's what I'm saying. It's like they're such they're so in between all those different things that they kind of do their own thing, right? They're bringing certain aspects from the '80s while leaving others behind. Same with what they take from black metal and power metal. When I mean, even when I was trying to figure out what their power metal influences are, it's like Stradivarius. Like, you know, right. very specific, yeah, specific cause those, bands. Because those keyboard sounds. Yes. The area yeah. parts. Those, like um, in this one, when it hits that middle part and it's got those really fucking shimmery, it almost sounds like those ear tests that you have to take. Right, yeah, yeah. You know what I, I mean? You. Where you have yeah. to raise your right hand or raise your left hand. It's almost yeah. like that shit. But, like, then the fucking solo comes in. Fucking thrower. Get about it, dude. Like it's just fucking shredville, dude. Like it's so fucking good. And there's triple corpse, hammer blow. You know, like almost like a power metal fucking kind of thing. You know, now that you were mentioning all that, there's you know, it's hard to find bands that don't sound like anybody else. There's not a there's not a lot of bands that sound like these guys. True. Yeah. There's a lot of bands that do the same things, but they don't fucking sound like this. And I, I, I got to give my hats off to these guys for. I mean, some of it's their playing, some of it's the sounds that they use for their keyboards, some of it's their guitar tone. But man, I mean, there's not a lot of them that sound like this, dude. Let's go. Let's go number four for you. So my number four, we're going to the next album after that, which is, as I pull up Wikipedia Follow because I don't know. The Reaper. There we go. That's the one. Follow the Reaper. Thank you. So we're going for another. We're going for one. This is the blue album with the Grim Reaper for those yes, playing along at home. One. Yeah, so we're going to a conspicuously named song called "Every Time I Die." Now I actually remember when this was on Music Choice and all that back in the day. That's about when I would have been tearing all this stuff, anyways, right? So this makes sense. And this is one again that you really notice. This is like a more mid-paced song. Like it's a different vibe for them. Very 80s heavy metal. It's almost you know I mean? Dr. Feelgood at the start. Yes, exactly, dude. And they and that was something, you know, again, when they try their hat at different things. It's pretty cool, man. And fucking oh, dude, it's so good. Yeah. This is one of those ones I remember from music choice alongside the yeah. the harmonies. That's one thing too, man. They don't harmonize as much as like Maiden. Mm-hmm. So when they do it, it sounds really fucking cool. It's very, it stands out a lot. Yeah, that's the one thing about that whole style, specifically in Flames, because they were the most Iron Maiden influenced. Right. I was getting really sick of harmonies in in the mid two thousands, and I used to love them. And then just like, it's not even just them. I'll never get sick of that shit. But like, even Iron Maiden, or excuse me, in Flames, getting away from harmonies and trying their own thing, it was that whole wave of bands they influenced that they were also killing it with the harmonies. And I was like, Oh my gosh, dude. Dude, the guitars, like it's nice and crunchy on this album. Yeah. It's not so bassy. So you can actually hear the bass. You can hear the little from the keyboard shit. Like the keyboard swells, like it's sick. It's my number three. Oh, there you go. I don't know how the hell, how the hell we managed that. On a band I barely like and a band you kind of don't like. Somehow we end up with the same 
fucking yeah. song. Uh, sometimes we're pretty in the middle of that Venn diagram. Just, yeah, I like that when they're like those little fucking runs like that, and it's there's not much behind it. Yeah, um, yeah. And then the next time they do it, like the, the, they have the harmony part there with the keyboard going behind that, and it 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 really accentuates it a lot very dynamic fucking song which i mean again that's another thing these guys are really good at is they're dynamic as fuck and then the keyboard this is one of the keyboard where it has more of a like as far as like the solo goes so you can tell you know and i mean there's there's a few of them but this is one of them where you can really tell the keyboard from the guitar as far as like the solo Mm mm-hmm yeah, dude, sick fucking tune. And yeah, it's very conspicuously named. Was Every Time I Die a band by this time? Yeah, but by they wouldn't have... Like, I don't even know if their first album was out. They started in 98, and this was like 2000 or whatever, so it might have just been one of those things. Uh, also, are they Every Time I Die? So yeah, that's the other thing. It's, yeah, it's Every <laughs> Space Time I Die, and yeah. this is Every Time I Die, right? Yeah, so yeah. Fucking A. Uh, yeah, the first the, the first time when I first put this on my list, this because uh, there was two songs I put on my list right off the bat. One was this one, and the other one was my number one. Well, okay, now I'm curious about your number one because again, <laughs> again, I uh, I'm going. A lot of this is just going to be stuff that I heard when I was like 17 on uh, Music Choice or whatever. Right. So, right? what's your number three then? So my number three, this is actually an exception. Now that I think about it, my number three is Six Pounder off of hate crew death roll because this is when they finally like stop noodling and they get a little chunky for once and groove oriented. You know what I mean? And it's like, Oh, it doesn't last long, but like, it was a pleasant surprise. You know what I mean? After what, you know, kind of a lot of the oh, same yeah, thing. This, that fucking opening riff. Like, damn. Yeah, man. Hard dude. I, yeah, there's part of me that's like, man, I wish they would go longer, but then there's other parts of me. It's like, there's a reason why it's so fucking cool. But those fucking little fucking squeals of shit, like you know. But then it's right in the which is like almost standard, you know, melodic death metal, power metal, Iron Maiden. But yeah, this one is definitely chunkier. Yeah, it doesn't last very long, and it gets right back to the you know gravy of what they do. But like, it's cool to have little different. It's especially after again so much noodly higher end stuff. It's it's cool to hear them kind of delve into that end. We have that fucking so I mean it does do it like like it it comes back to which is nice because it's a riff that you should play at least for a bridge you know like each bridge or more than just your intro you know mm-hmm. so yeah man that was a pleasant surprise and there's a few other moments like that on on the album and it's like kind of one of the only times they ever do it in their whole career because again after that. They dipped in and out, but if like it's like a pie chart, right? Of of all the different styles of metal, <laughs> yeah, each right. album's like proportioned a little differently. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And I feel like this is the most of that particular <laughs> piece of pie for this album. Yeah, so to, to me, this is like peak Children of Bodom, dude. Like, yeah, I, yeah. This is the one that a lot of people are like, oh, dude, up to everything like, after this sucks. So I think this is like their best album, and then right after this is oddly enough, dude, I think it's Hexed. Mm. Hex, dude, Hex, it blew me away when I fucking heard it. Because, I mean, when I'm listening to fucking Debate and Stride, I'm sitting there like, listen, it's just like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Because I'd mm-hmm. heard the Soil Work album. I'd heard the Monomarth album. It's, I mean, it's not their best, but I mean, I've never heard an Monomarth song I didn't like. It was just like, okay, that's, you know, more Monomarth, right? I mean, I don't want yeah. them to change that much. Right, yeah. And, and sure. um, I think because of their 
tournament thing. I, I, that's when I, that's what got me to listen to that newest in flames album. And I was like, all right, cool. They have a lot of the older style in there. I'm like, finally, they kind of got back to that. But like, I, I, after, cause I listened to the inflames with first. Cause I mean, I liked all those. And I, I mean, even with fucking brick light and dude with soil work, I was like, no fucking way. No fucking way. Like Burke Whiten is a fucking awesome album. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I started listening to Hex and I'm like, God damn it. Like this is fucking good shit. So in that case, I wonder if it's just because I'm not a big fan of them overall, or it's just because I like literally you, may you, you know, I have to love this big you have to love the sound. Like, like it's good. I just like by the end of it, I was I was I was kind of burnt out, you know what I mean? It's like that second half of their discography was really rough. Like after yeah. all these are yet. Well, see, it was even rough for me because I mean when you're getting into fucking are you dead are you dead yet? And fucking blood drunk, dude, it's just like fuck man and i remember a blood drunk being a thing when it first came out too um relentless reckless forever has a has a really good guitar sound like i like the sound of the album it's just not my favorite stuff they're doing and then you get to uh halo of blood and i mean the album just doesn't sound good see i'm I'm, it's funny because again i've accepted that i don't know what's quantifiably you know good production or whatever i just like what i like I actually think Matt Hyde's production on Re- or Relentless, Relentless Forever. I, I, Relentless, <laughs> Reckless Forever. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a fan of it, dude. And it's weird because I love Matt Hyde's production. I've literally loved he- everything else I've ever heard him do. But like, I don't really like what he does on this. It's like two things that are good on their own that I don't think, I think for me came a, out good. There's certain sounds of guitars that don't, that don't work well with what they do. Because of the way they play, because it's so fast. It's, it's like Rings of Saturn. Like The reason they have their guitar sound is because that's what's going to sound good for that stuff. It's like why all that gent shit sounds the same right, to a lot yeah, of people. Yeah. It's because when you're tuned that low, yeah, you can only have that. shit, you really, mm-hmm. in order for it to be clear, it has to be like that. Yeah, for sure. You know, so it's, it kind of all sounds, you know, sounds similar. Not all is exactly the same, but it does sound yeah. similar a lot. And then on the flip side of that, on Halo of Blood, it's Peter Tagrin. And I actually, I, I don't know that it sounds good or not, because by that point, I wasn't really listening for that. But I felt like that worked for me at least better. But then it's also Peter Tagrin after that on I Worship Chaos. And I felt like that was like a better version of that. I mean, um, to me, the reason I have an issue with Halo of Blood is the drums. Hmm. It's not necessarily a guitar sound. It's not as loud. And the drums aren't as clear. But I worship chaos. Like fuck, it's really fucking clear. It's loud and clear, and it's yeah. it's nice and thick. It's very. It sounds like it has a little bit more money behind it. And same with hex. Probably, like yeah, hex. It, it just has a really great guitar sound. The drums, the bass, everything. And 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 then it comes down to which Alexi do you like? Because like a lot of singers, you know, you put four fucking years in between an album. You yeah. might sound a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, you know? especially going through what he was going through or whatever. Right. right? So, well, and then I mean, dude, you have two years between fucking Halo of Blood and fucking, you know, uh, I Worship Chaos. And, and I mean, they don't put out a lot of shit quickly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because Are You Dead Yet? Man, Blood Drunk's three years. You know what I mean? They, they're yeah. not, it's just that they've been around a long time. It's not that they're super prolific as far as like time wise. Right. But I mean, like, if you look at it, like slightly more than 20 years, 10 albums, pretty good. It's oh yeah. That's best, what I'm saying. Like, good, yeah. Cause you know, it's like, it's like 97, 99 and then 2000. So I mean, right when they got their first deal, cause I mean, 97, I think something wild was kind of like just 
it was like, okay, we got our first deal. Let's put it out real quick. Then they got the real deal mm-hmm. and they put out, Hey, breeder, follow the reaper, like boom, boom, you know, and then you have probably at least two years of touring. I bet, I bet, I, I bet on follow the reaper. I bet between that and hate crew death roll. I bet there's at least two years of touring. This is one of those bands I always assumed that was either on Spine Farm or Nuclear Blast. It didn't occur to me that they were on both and their careers kind of split that way. Because when I think Spine Farm, I think Finland. Um, Not so much now, but like Windbottom was a big deal and they would have been carrying that flag. Like there's fucking bands from all over the world on Spine Farm now. And I think they have distribution from Sony or something like that or something. Um, But yeah, they started being on Nuclear Blast on Halo of Blood. So it was only the last three albums. Okay, so... It's one of those, but you know what I mean? It's like, even if they started on nuclear blast from the beginning, they would have fiddled right alongside in flames, soil work, all the other bands, you know, there would have been, he would have been on, um, the out of the darkness or whatever. The one that Peter witchers did that was there supposed to be their Roadrunner yeah. United. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just interesting to think in those terms. I don't even know who's on spine farm right now, but that'd be interesting to look into another day. Having said all of that, where are we at? Uh, uh, let's see, I'm on my number two. Number two, yeah. And my number two is This Road from Hex. It's the first song. Uh, I mean, dude, the opening riff, you know, it's a... And it has this little fucking harmonic. Like, kind of a fucking thing right there. But, like, for this song, it's it's not really, like, the shred. I mean, of course it's there. It's That's, that's their bread and butter. But, man, the fucking riffs in this song. It's very riffy. Mm-hmm. It's got this, it's almost like a trivium. Like with these, key, with the pinch harmonic, or not, uh, sorry, the artificial harmonics. It's so fucking cool. I, I wonder if that's maybe why I like it. It's, it's, cause it's still the same good pace. It kind of has a little bit of that fucking early 2000s metalcore feel to it. I could see that. I mean, by that point, you know, it could have um, been absorbed knowingly or unknowingly you know having been around for that but it's got this little breakdown in the middle i've always loved those kinds of riffs like it's so cool and it's a little bit different for them but then it fucking keeps so it keeps going and then they got the with the fucking harmony and it's almost like slayerish like South of Heaven Slayer-ish. Oh, dude, it's so fucking cool sounding. Yeah. Because again, like it's, they, you know, they don't do it like stuff like that a ton. And then they got what I think is a pretty sure is a keyboard solo first. I would assume so. And then the, I think the last one's like, I can't remember. I looked it up. But I can't remember it. It was, it was, I think it's a keyboard solo first, guitar solo second. But they go into back into that like I, it's hard to do those. It's kind of be, hard to be with somebody those kind of riffs. But think of like right. a trivium style fucking riff where it's like you know you, you can drop the bottom out a little bit. Fuck, it's it's just so fucking cool. And I don't know, maybe that's why I fucking love it so much. It's it's like the best. It's like a really cool like trivium song that trivium didn't write. I don't know, but like if you haven't like if if you're one of the people that's just like you know fuck they haven't done anything good after Hate Crew Death Roll, listen to at least this song give them give them this song like it i'm i'm pretty sure it'll change your mind it's something that could be off hate crew death roll mm-hmm. what is your number two so at this point i'm just going for what's 
familiar to me what sticks out the most is oh yeah i remember that and even you know this is going to be an interesting one because we've talked about its faults so much i want to talk about a plus going title track from are you dead yet fucking hooks man it's it's memorable it's you go, oh yeah that part you know what i mean it's like this was probably the apex of their commercial prospects and it shows in a number of ways it's interesting yes. production you can tell it's that going for the gold ring production the songwriting the the budget put into their production like yeah for these guys that it's it's almost like a simpler i almost want to say it's like well you know what you can't say it's dumbed down because they have other shit like this yeah yeah exactly but, but when just, they when they drop the floor out when it goes to the instead of you know and they keep playing that same riff right and it's just the like, and I mean, they drop that out, and then they go to the kick drums. I mean, that's stuff that they don't necessarily do a whole lot. So, I mean, to me, that's where it's like, okay, definitely a little more of like the, you know, and then they got the Slipknot, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, the little meandering bit, like that kind of shit, like the yeah, alarm yeah. Clock. yeah. But, but yeah, man. Yeah, just, the chorus. The chorus definitely. He's definitely singing more too. Yes. Did you hear any fucking clean vocals? Like fully and clean vocals. Not entirely. No, no. Yeah, it, it's definitely as we talk about the pitch screams. What, what, I'm that always wondering. Gets closer if, to that. I'm always wondering what it would have sounded like. You know, with actual singing. Well, what he would have sounded like with. A, fully clean boat because he seems like he could sing pretty good i mean it might not have worked for children of bodum but it would have been mm-hmm. cool if he you know if he would have been able to do like a solo project or something and yeah and just you know even an acoustic album where he just sings stuff like well, I, mean, I saw that he had a bunch of side projects and collaborated with a bunch of other bands i don't know about you but i haven't heard any of that so but i, I saw his name attached to a lot of other things over the years too so maybe he did and i just haven't heard it you know not with bodum anyways the big one was um, this band impaled Nazarene, and apparently he split with them pretty quick because they were pretty sketchy. I mean, it's European I black metal. Love impaled Nazarene, but yeah, but he was uh, gonna be in it. I mean, I guess he was in it for a couple years. I don't know if he oh, was on really? an album, yeah, but apparently he was with them for like two years, and he split because they were doing the sketchy European black metal thing in one way or another. So. But I mean, even aside you know, from can that, we get a fucking database of bands we're not allowed to like. Oh, I'm sure it's out can there we somewhere. Do that? Like, can someone fucking hit us up on Twitter or something and let us know? Have you seen that meme you know, where it's all like the people, know. the people pointing at the cake, and the cake says "murder is wrong" and it's right, right, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the smirk on his face. Well, I, I saw. Love that one. I saw a new version of it last night where the guy's face on the black metal one turns to Varg in that guy's head. <laughs> Makes it even better. <laughs> Well, I'll find that for people and we'll put it on the uh, I'm on sure. or something. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, it's just, it's just, you know, and I mean, I don't, it, it's not like there's one thing that will make me not like your band. One thing. So that's the thing. It's like, yeah, I want to know who's doing that shit. And I don't want to fucking be like, yo, I'm listening to fucking blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, yeah, a bunch yeah. of people are like, uh, yo, hey, those dude, bands yeah. fucked. And then I'm like, yeah. oh shit. So it's just, it would just be easier 
if yep, we have I, I'm, I'm with you. database I, where it's just like, yeah. these bands are fucked. Like, I'm sure it's out there too. It's just funny. Like, that's why my blanket thing is I don't like Norwegian black metal for the most part. Which aside sucks, from the fact that I, love I don't. Norwegian black metal, but it's like, <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Aside from the fact that I just don't like the style in general, aside from Emperor and like Fjord. We're going to have to do a Norwegian black metal episode one day for sure. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. Like, I do like the fucking style. And it's like, I just, it sucks when a band's, you know, shitty about that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, and it's like, fuck, dude. Like, I mean, at the very least, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, I can listen to it in the fucking comfort of my own home or in my headphones. And I mean, I don't have to fucking like what they're about. You know, I'm like listening to the music or whatever. But even then, like, that's, it's just like, fuck, dude. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a bummer. I was going to say one other thing, but we're going to save that for the, the black metal episode. It's, it's how I like certain Norwegian black metal bands, but not for their Norwegian black metal stuff, like Dark Throne and um, yeah, Immortal. Weirdo. Yep. I love it. All righty, moving on. What is your number one? Angels Don't Kill. It's always been my favorite song of theirs. I just like that. You know, it's got the little squeals in there and all that fucking shit. I mean, it's just, to me, it's like one of their better choruses. It's got a cool fucking harmony part right after it. You know, I like the keyboards in it. They're kind of that airy background thing because this is kind of more of a, uh, it's more of a chord. It's a, a more chord song. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's more riffy. It's just a lot more. It's it's chunkier because there's a lot more chords. But also, it's again one of the biggest things is it's, it's just the melodies in the song. They just hit my ears all the right way. Right. They definitely yeah. had that particular sense of melody for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, to say these guys are melodic, you know, is, I mean, like saying water's wet. Yeah, pretty much. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Fucking a. I mean, I remember the first time I heard it. It was the first time I heard the album. I was listening through the album. I'm like, fuck, yeah, cool. So here's a weird thing. I guess I'll just say this now. I mean, I'm not trying to step on your list, so hopefully I don't. But Yeah, no worries. The song that gets the song, when, if you were to just say Children of Bodom, I guarantee you 99% of the time the song's going to get, that's immediately going to jump in my head is Needle 24-7. Mm-hmm. And I hate that song. Interesting. Tell me it's your number one. Yep. Oh my god, dude, are you shitting me right it's now? It's the one I remember the most. Anytime that I, I think of children of fucker. It's that song that plays in my head. And I didn't remember what the name of the damn song was until I was making the list today. I was like, oh, that's what it's called. Okay. Yeah, man, that's again the one I would have heard around the time of music choice and all that and played on god satellite TV and whatnot, man. Yeah. It's the most memorable part to me. Like, it's so annoying to me, dude. But again, it, it's very catchy. I mean, I don't know. That fuck. I think to me, that's like a, it's like a fast, folky thing. I was just going to say, you know, it's borderline pirate. Right. right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's got of. that kind of vibe that I don't like. But like how the bass, like, like the guitar completely drops out. It's just got the bass running with the little keyboard, that little. You know, that squeaky keyboard sound mm-hmm. that again is like the fucking hearing test. If I'm listening to it in my headphones, it sounds like it's way out to the edges. Oh my God. I'm listening to it right now. And I just can't deal with it. Oh, ah, I love it. Fuck. 
You're such I'm, a bastard. I'm I'm digitally licking up Jason's tears right now. As um, as I was sitting there going off on my little fucking spiel, it just fucking hit me. I'm like, this is that motherfucker's number one. Sure is for somebody that doesn't <laughs> really like the band. God, and I guess and I guess it. that's the way I'd like to cap it off. Is I don't dislike this band at all. Right. I just nothing clicks with me. I respect the hell out of them and their importance in the grander scheme of heavy music and what they meant to a lot of people. And I give them their eternal props. I'm just probably never listening to them again after this. So, <laughs> fuck it, man. I'm that it's dude. It's weird because I mean, I kind of reaffirmed that. I mean, I actually really do fucking like this band. I just I like more than I thought I did because I let him say something, and it made me decide not to listen to it very much. And I wouldn't say it was a bad decision. I mean, I, I you know, I just think at the time when he said that, it, you know, it was like, oh kind of pissed me off and i mean again like i said there's so many stuff there's so many things to listen to it's like even the whole cancel culture thing and they're like, oh i'm gonna cancel this i'm gonna cancel you really don't even need to cancel anything like you don't have to make a statement on it just don't listen to it there's so yep. many other things to listen to yep number 10 on their most played is actually platitudes and barren words off of the newest album hmm. and then it goes to silent night bottom night i'll be hmm. damned and then it goes to Under Grass and Clover, which weird because I didn't really particularly like that song all that much off of Hexed as well. So those are the only two off the new one. And then the next one is Every Time I Die. Hmm. And then If You Want Peace, Prepare for War, which would be number six. And that's off Are You Dead Yet? Now, we've got two songs that are going to be like they're off of a live thing or something. Well, I don't know. Maybe not live. What, what album is that? Let me look real quick. Holiday at Lake Bodom, 15 Years of Wasted Youth. Is that a live album? Probably. I noticed they had actually, a few I, live albums. Actually, I think it might just be a fucking greatest hits. Anyway, it's they have In Your Face, which is off of Are You Dead Yet? Mm-hmm. And then they have a cover of I'm Shipping Up to Boston. Did I miss that somehow? Wow. Oddly enough, I can picture that, though. That was number what? That's take number four. Fucking hell. Well, the, the order's all weird. One, two, three songs more popular than this one. And one of them is Needle 24-7. Mm-hmm. Well, well, so number three would be Downfall, which that was the song that they re-recorded. That was one of the first songs that they ever recorded. That, mm-hmm. I think that's the song that got them their record deal in the first place. That has 11 million, 11.8 million plays. Then at 16.3 is Needle 24-7, but it's off the greatest hits thing. And then number one, dude, doubling it, 32,154, Are You Dead Yet? Yeah. That, Which is pretty crazy to me, but hey, yeah, that's how it goes. It works for that moment, and still to this day, apparently. Ah, uh. it's it's uh, that's why I like going back and checking some of these numbers as they progress. I was on Zayo's page the other night, and for the longest time, it was the one that had the music video, and now it's the this other one is by far and away surpassed it, and we'll we'll get to that on that episode. But it's like also a thing of for the longest time people were like oh no this is the album by this band and then years later people going oh no 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 it's this one which i have two examples we'll get to soon enough but i don't know it's uh, trippy looking at things like that something could ch- eh, maybe not maybe not for children about them by this point but i was going to say you know for some bands it's interesting watching those numbers change i need but, to get back into some of this stuff i i had a hard time listening to the new god god dethroned album but some of this more like theatrical stuff man i should check out not check out kind of like revisit because i, I just i used to listen to this stuff so much like stuff like calma and fucking norther mm-hmm. amorphous I, dude winter sun fucking i mean 
Omnium Gather Gatherum, dude. Fucking, I used to listen to so much of this stuff, and I I just don't anymore. Right. Yeah. That you that know, particular wave of European stuff. Yeah, and it's like I don't know why. Like, I, I mean, I know what I listen to now. I just need to like revisit some of the stuff and see, like, you know, because I did revisit Children Bone. Like I said, I mean, I actually like more than I thought I did. Right. You know, and maybe you know, conversely, God is Throne. I listen to that, and I'm kind of like, eh, you know, don't really like it that much. So maybe I need to go back and listen to some of these, these, especially some of these guys that have, I mean, fuck, I haven't listened to Calmon so I don't even know how many fucking albums a band like they, like, I had no idea Children Bottom had this much out, al- this many albums. I mean, it makes sense at the end of the you day. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, well, I need to go back and check out some of the stuff that I haven't been listening to and see if I fucking like it or not. I mean, and if anything, it gets me to stop listening to the, you know, the constant wave of 80s retro synth wave and fucking crowbar that I just cannot stop listening to. <laughs> Somebody ought to make that, that a band that's, that's a mashup between those two styles. Go, oh, good God, dude. Crow just, wave. Dude, for like the last fucking week, I've been struggling listening to Children of Bodom because I've been wanting to listen to Sonic XS in its purest form. Like okay, so it wasn't just me. It was it was like, oh man, I have to listen to Children of Bodom, but I'd rather be listening to oh, X, dude. Y, Z. So, right. okay. I listened to fucking Typo Negative Bloody Kisses the whole drive home yesterday. Got to, My drive was long enough. I could hear the whole entire album. I, it was nice and refreshing because it wasn't fucking Crowbar. Mm-hmm. It wasn't 80s retro synthwave. It wasn't anything slam. And I, it was something I hadn't heard in a long time. And I just was just so enthralled in listening to an album I hadn't heard in a long time. Like, like the whole album. I've heard Black Number One a ton. I've heard Christian Woman a lot in the last five to 10 years. It's just I haven't heard a lot of those other songs. You know, right. It was, yeah, like, yeah, it was yeah. nice to be. It was nice. So, I mean, I should, I should fucking revisit some of these fucking bands that I really used to love, man. I don't know why I stopped listening to this stuff. It's that it's that whole European wave, man. It, it wasn't the melodic death metal that then got, you know, super influential on that wave of melodic metal core. It's just this little pocket of stuff that like kind of was sitting on its own. It was like stood beside all that, but it wasn't the same thing, you know, and it kind of right. there's just so much change over the last 20 to 25 years. And that's what's kind of cool about right now is that there's not like really one you know dominant subgenre for the most part i mean you know caveman old school death metals huge right now but it's oh, like man. it's still fucking frozen soul dude frozen Fuck. soul and the new fucking and gate new creeper dude creeper. that came out of nowhere like yeah dude those those are both sick dude, but like fucking frozen soul um god damn yeah but but like for the most part like you know it's just like there's a little bit of everything right now and i kind of dig that Oh, as yeah, opposed dude. to when new metal was the biggest thing and then metalcore was the biggest thing and then deathcore and then gent well, was for like a second and then it's, it's kind of it's been whatever when, since well when we were all trapped right i mean that's yeah, right yeah, that's yeah. mostly when it, when it happened is yeah. when we were all fucking trapped and we had to listen to what the record labels wanted us to listen to yeah exactly you know we're not we're not in that now and it's like well now i can fucking choose and it's like man sometimes it's it's hard to do you know, oh, because yeah, you dude. end up getting stuck listening to the same fucking thing all the time. Yeah, you can fall down some fucking rabbit holes, dude. Oh, yeah, dude. And it's cool at times. I like going down. I found out about this thing. I want to look into more. I always heard the term Grebo. Okay, story the other night. I'm on, a, I'm on music photographer Sarah saying, shout out Sarah, her Twitch the other day. And she told me she thought I was English because I'm in so many English people's um, streams which I thought was a trip. 
But like learning about all these different things that we didn't get to hear. I always heard the name, uh, I think it's Feeder. And they were like huge there, but not here and like stuff like that. So I found out about this subgenre. I, the term they use for like rockers and metalheads is Grebo. I was like, okay. But I didn't know that was an actual style of music until the other day from the late 80s, early 90s. I want to go find out what that is now. Yeah. I've never heard that before. Yeah, like I only just found out it was a style. I've been hearing the the term used for, you know, rock people or whatever. You've heard that term though? I've heard that term used by Brits, used for that subculture before, but I didn't know that was actually derived from a style of music. Yeah, like all that. I've heard that before. You know, the, and I'm sure we could do a whole episode on this too, but like the, the late 80s, early 90s industrial metal boom. And like how that sound was kind of unique to itself because then as soon as like White Zombie and Rammstein became what was then all, you know, industrial metal, that kind of became a whole different thing. Like there's, there's endless rabbit holes to fall down on the internet and episode wise. Having said that, let's wrap this one up real quick. (laughs) So folks, thanks again, as always for joining us. Let us know what your favorite stuff is. Are you a big Children of Bodom fan? Did we miss something that you think that we should have, you know, really paid more attention to? Let us know. We love hearing from you. We did the um, debut albums the other day, and we got some messages from some people saying that they also, you know, our friend Spencer said he particularly likes the System of Down debut and the Static X debut. Uh, We love hearing these things from you. Let us know what your favorite stuff is. Hit us up on all the socials. I'm at Yes It Is I, David, every fucking where. Hit Jason up on Metalist Pod on Twitter and Metalist Podcast everywhere else. Like, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, get in the conversation. We love hearing from you. Until next time, eat your veggies. Fuck your prayers. See you then, folks. Later.